Our message today is called You're Invited. You're Invited. That looks like fun. Um, you're invited, actually, to take part in this message. This is an interactive Sunday. And so I do have a question for you about the topic that we're going to be talking about. And uh, this morning, we are going to be talking about evangelism. And you're like, yes, that is so encouraging. I so wanted to talk about evangelism over Christmas time. Why not a simple Christmas message to just warm my heart? Well, you know, the truth is, evangelism, uh, or the opportunity to make contact with family and friends and co-workers who may not share your beliefs, more, more often than not happen over Christmas time, right? You have Christmas work parties, uh, you have time to get together with friends who maybe haven't connected with for a while. Uh, there might be things with school, a school's ending, and so friends are getting together for Christmas and they want to celebrate that. And it's one of the times where we get outside of our cultural, our cultural insular bubbles, right? We have our phones, uh, we have uh, the internet, uh, we have our houses where everything we need is there, so we don't usually go outside our comfort space to be able to share the life that we have, the hope that we have. We sing about go tell it on the mountain, but if you want to go tell it on Chicopee Hills, that's not the same thing, right? We're not in the place right now where we're feeling it's safe to go outside those boundaries and share our faith. But what I want to do this morning is I want to invite us into a conversation where we are talking about the basics. I want to go right down to the roots, the bedrock of this conversation about what does it mean to share our faith. So we're going to do a bit of a W5 on evangelism. What it means to share your faith. We're going to talk about that. And then afterwards, I'm going to ask you a question. We're going to do W5, but then we're going to add on the H. We're going to add, we're going to add on the how. How do we share our faith? How do we properly do that? You guys okay with that? It's too late. I got the mic. Okay. Um, well, let's start off right away. Actually, let's start with a word of prayer before we get too, too far away with this. So let, let's just acknowledge um, Jesus with us. Uh, Jesus, you are the lover of our souls. Uh, you are the lover of our personalities. But you are also the lover of the world. You, you love every personality and person that you have shaped together. And so we know that this message of grace and life doesn't end with us. There is something more. So I pray that this grand invitation that you've presented to us and we said yes to, that you would romance our hearts to say yes to the invitation, to share your invitation of love to others. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, let's start, like any good message, to start with a Greek word, okay, original Greek. Okay, we're going to talk about the word evangelizo. Evangelizo, if you can guess. Uh, sounds a lot like evangelism. It's a, it's a root word by which we get evangel uh, the word evangelism. And in Acts 15, chapter 35, so Acts chapter 15, verse 35, it says this, but Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with 
uh, many others also. So when we read that right away, or we associate ourselves with the word preaching, see, preaching we also assume with teaching. So you would say, well, if I'm up here, I am the preacher, I am the, the teacher, because I'm, I'm talking about the Word of God. But I really love how, uh, how, the, how the Luke wrote this into Acts. He said, they remained in Antioch, and they were teaching and preaching. So what's the difference? What's the difference? Well, teaching is like what we're doing right now. It's a Greek word, um, uh, dikeo, or, or, or actually I'm forgetting the, the verb itself, but it's dikeo is we're teaching, but then uh, preaching is evangelizo. So it's different. It's not the same word in Greek. It's not the same meaning to teach and to preach. So they were not only talking to people who had already received the truth that they were bringing to them, right? That's teaching. If I talk to you about something that you have already associated yourself with, you've received that truth, that is teaching. But preaching is different. Preaching, evangelizo, is proclaiming the good news. So it's giving, it's, it's reviewing the truth with people who may not receive the same truth as you do. They may not identify themselves with your truth. So they were teaching, but then they were also preaching. They were also evangelizing. They were going out and they were meeting with people primarily Jews, who did not receive the truth that they received. So that is the what, okay? That's our first W, that's the what, so that's what it looks like. Let's look at the who, okay? So who evangelizes? Who, who's, who's partaking in this? Well, right away we'd say, okay, well, it's, it's us. That's on us. We're the ones who are supposed to um, evangelize. Uh, if you go to Matthew uh, chapter 28, verses 18 and 19. And I'm going to throw a lot of references at you, so you just follow with me as best you can, okay? And I'm going to have them up here, and you can just follow along with, uh, with me if you have uh, your phones or a Bible with you. And you all know this, but Jesus said, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The very important verb that's found in that verse is go, and that go is in the Greek aorist term, so that conjugation means that it's a continuous go. It's not a, okay, well, you go out right now, Ian, and, and baptize somebody right now and make a disciple of them. And then that's the final act. No, it's a continuous thing. It's something that we are participating in. Not only is it something that we've been invited, it's not only something that we do, but it's something that we've been invited into. To this beautiful opportunity to tell other people about Jesus. Okay. So that's a little bit of what the who is. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the who as we keep going. But let's go um, and find out about the when. Um... And so, we'll actually go right back to um, go therefore and make all disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So if we understand the go is a continuous action, so it's something that's continuing on, it's not like right, it's not um, whenever the it's not whenever you want to make it stop. It's something that we're continuously behaving in, we're, we're, we're living that out. 
And then after that, it's the why. Okay, so we're, I think we got five W's. I think we did. Um, and then it says, we're going to go to uh, chapter, or we're going to go to Peter chapter 2, verses 3 to 9. Sorry, I'm having some trouble reading here. And it says this. The Lord is not, is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So many of us know this verse very well, right? You've heard this before. And what are we talking about perish? So let me just break it down very quickly. If you, actually, I'll say this before. I'll say, I'll say this right away. If you have come to an understanding of who Jesus Christ is, you have chosen to believe, then you have chosen to die with Christ. So your life, your essence of existence, your old man, your old spirit died with Jesus, and now you were raised to life with Jesus' life. When he was resurrected, you received his resurrected life. And so he is now seated in the heavenly realms at the right hand of the Father. That's what Ephesians says. That's where he is. And so your life is hidden in Christ. You are in Christ. Christ's life lives in you. So then where are you then? So you are, yeah, you're seated in the heavenly places. You've, you've made it to the end. We have an existence of a time here now to share this great gift that we have. But truth is that we have come to that place of being in the heavenly realms. If someone is not connected to that same life, if they have not come to life, then they have not come to life. And is that the will of the Father that people would be disconnected from him forever? Well, no. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says that that is not his desire. He desires that all should reach repentance. And so that is the why. That is why we share. We talk about the life that we have. This is the opportunity we have to invite people into that life. I understand. Very tough conversation. Just think about me. I'm wearing a Leafs jersey right now, okay? I'm in a very uncomfortable place, okay? So we understand the why. And then the other part of it is the where. I don't think I touched on the where yet. And where's the where? Well, it's all nations, everywhere. Everywhere we go, a continuous action, a continuous opportunity. We have invited to the heavenly places to be seated with him, and we have the opportunity now to invite others to experience that same thing. And so we talked about those, but now we need to talk about the how. So I'm going to invite you guys. You've been thinking about it, I suppose. We have our question up there. And do I have to turn it on or not? Am I good? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah? It's on? Okay. How do we properly evangelize? Anybody? What's the proper way to invite someone into the life of Jesus? What's the way that we do that? Sure. I just believe that Jesus is Lord. Yeah, I was wondering about that too. No, I didn't see it. Okay, you go ahead. I, I just believe that we need to live it out but also to let Jesus live it out through us. Uh, I sing. Uh, I sing at the market, and when I've got a couple of partners or whatever, I might go out on the street and sing. Okay. And I just 
sense that that's how the Lord wants to work through me. Plus, I do have a couple of other abilities too, but I don't know what the Lord wants to do with that yet. Okay. So just, I love that explanation, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Anybody else? How do we, how do we invite people into the life of Christ? I guess I think the best way is to just befriend them and show them your love, the God's love through how you treat them as a person. And sometimes the best way to do that is through food. Through food? Yeah, I find. Oh, that was the way to my heart, so I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's been sharing my testimony, what God's done in my life. Uh, sharing that with others. Um, I, I, there were times where I got into theological discussions with people and it completely failed. And I realized mm -hmm. I just have to let uh, Christ live out through me. Yeah. I can't do it on my own. I have to let him live it out through me, be the light, and share with others what he's done in my life. Awesome. Love that. I could take one more. kind of goes along with what other people are saying, but uh, the verse that says, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. And I think as we abide in Christ, as we live um, life with Christ, people sense something different and they may ask us about it. And mm -hmm. so the scripture says to always be ready to give a reason for that hope that we yeah. have. So, Yeah, I love the idea of being ready. Yeah. For everyone listening online, I have a good walk on, and here we go. <laughs> you know what? Love is uh, being echoed, and, and I think uh, part of what Christ is, is showing me is not, when I'm loving on these people, I also want to do what he's done to all of us, and that's accept them where they are, who they are, with their troubles, and, and letting them know that they're loved not because they're all cleaned up, squeaky clean and shiny, but they're just loved because they're loved. Love it. I love that. Good job. All right. All these points are excellent. All these points are excellent, and, I, I, and what I love about it is that I feel like it's something that I feel like it's something that we naturally kind of step into. It's something that kind of gets poured out in our lives as we experience. And a lot of you guys share that. It's like, I have a hope. I have a joy. I have received love. And so I want to be able to return that same love. And what it is really is that it's, it's an invitation that we've received that we didn't do anything to earn this salvation. We didn't do anything to, to earn this life. But then we have the absolute privilege of inviting people to come and experience that. And it's not just come and experience, you know, how great our worship is at New Life or how, how awesomely funny Marco is at announcements or how amazing Robin looks in a Leafs jersey. It's nothing about that, right? We're not inviting people into a, a group. We're inviting them to life. Matter of fact, you're inviting them to die. You're inviting them to experience what it means to surrender and trust that God could take care of them. But that's not easy. And I don't think all of us can come here right now and say that we've all had successes. 
uh, I don't think we're all going to go to heaven as well. And Jesus is going to be like, okay, uh, give me your, ch- your stats list of all the people that you've, uh, you know, brought to faith, right? Because we know it's not about performance. But this is something that's on all of our hearts. And so how can we effectively live this out? Um, I, I, I feel like we should just go right to the scripture right away. Uh, I want to bring something out of the book of Acts that I think is just a huge encouragement to us. And what I want is I really want us to experience so much freedom when it comes to sharing our faith. Because I feel that sometimes the flesh, so the sin, indwelling sin, and the schemes of the enemy have put us in a place where we have justified maybe not stepping out boldly and encouraging other people and sharing our faith, but also the indwelling sin and sometimes the enemy will encourage us to go out and, and, and share our faith, but in ways that are not, that are not, not even in ways. We can go out and share our faith in the flesh. We can go out and, and do this independently of God. And I don't believe that that's the way that God wants us to, to go about this. There is a rest, there is a peace, and there is a, an existential quality to when we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and we're moved. And like Kat said, Jesus, through us, invites people to experience his life. All right, so I just want to read this really quickly. Um, let's go to, uh, so it's Acts chapter 16, verses 6 uh, through to 15. Okay, let's read it together. So Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. I'm going to deserve a reward for all the words I'm pronouncing here, okay? So when they came to the border of Mycenae, They tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mycenae and they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach evangelios, I'd said it wrong even, uh, to preach the gospel to them. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace and the following day to Neapolis. And then from there to Philippi, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. And we remained in this city some days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth, and she was a worshiper of God. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer of the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Woo, that was a lot, wasn't it? So let's give you a little bit of context to understand what's going on in this passage, okay? Um, Paul and Barnabas Barnabas are commissioned by the Holy Spirit in a prayer meeting. They are commissioned in a prayer meeting to go out and to preach. So the Holy Spirit says, I want to set them apart to do this. So the Holy Spirit initiates this, and they go out. 
What we find later on in Acts 15 is that Gentiles, so everybody who's not a Jew, okay, who's not of the Jewish descendants, okay, these individuals are Gentiles, and so these Gentiles are starting to receive now the message of the gospel, that Christ is life and Christ is their life. But the Jews who started off with the gospel, the Jews who, um, uh, who were in Jerusalem are a little concerned about this because they're like, well, they have to follow the laws. But now all of a sudden they're like, hey, you know what? We're going to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit right here. We realize that the Gentiles are coming to faith. So what we're going to do is that we're going to let them know that they don't have to fulfill the law. They don't have to fulfill the law, right? There's only a few things we probably encourage them to do. And so we want you and Paul, I want you, uh, Paul and Barnabas to go now. Go and tell them this news. <clears throat> so they've been commissioned. Now they've been released from the church to go and do this. Now they step out. And what happens is that at the beginning of uh, chapter, uh, chapter 16 is that the Gentiles are getting converted rapidly. They're hungry for the message. It's working. All of a sudden, there's all this success. This would be a great opportunity for them to say, okay, guys, five-step program to making people saved. Let's do it. And let's make it an alliteration. Let's make it G, this, G, that, G, this, G, that. We'll sell it to everybody. All the churches will start doing it, and then everyone will get saved. That's not what happened. Okay? They received this. And then they're like, okay, we've got to go to these regions. We've got to go here. We've got to go here. And what we find is happens is that they step out to go somewhere, and the Spirit of Jesus didn't allow them to go. And we don't know why. There's nothing said about why they weren't allowed to go. All we know is that they just weren't. Now, Silas, who's with Paul at this time, is also uh, called in, in, um, in the book of Acts a prophet. So some people assume that maybe, uh, you know, Silas had that intuition that that's not what they were supposed to do. Either way, they were not allowed to go, and so they didn't go. God, the Holy Spirit, initiated the mission. The Holy Spirit is guiding the mission. Paul goes to sleep. He gets a dream. says, a dream where someone from Macedonia shows up, says to come to Macedonia. So he says, okay, I'm going to go to Macedonia. Macedonia is modern-day Greece. So they left modern-day Turkey and traveled to Greece. And now here they are. They're going to go and share the gospel with them. So they find a synagogue. They find a likewise place where they can actually go because they're Jewish people. And so as people of Jewish descent, they are allowed to go to the synagogues and discuss matters of the law. And so this is a great place for them to come and talk about the Messiah, talk about Jesus. So they get the opportunity and they go. And what do they find there? A God-fearing Greek woman, a woman who God was already working in her heart. And what does the scripture say? The Lord opened her heart to receive the message. It wasn't the five-step plan. Though I'm sure the five-step plan would have sold really well. And the book series would have been awesome. And if it was on Amazon, it's even quicker sales. None of this. The Lord opened her heart. And what happened? Not just Lydia. Her whole household received the message of the Lord. And they were all baptized. 
And she said, come and stay at my house. I'm going to take care of you. Which is really good news because everything that happens to Paul and Silas after this is really, really bad. It's as bad as wearing a Leafs jersey when you're sentenced. No, it's not as bad. Okay? Really bad stuff. So it's great this happened. So what do we see here? The Holy Spirit initiated the event. The Holy Spirit guided the event. The Holy Spirit completed the event. You see, Paul and Silas and co. were invited into a work in progress. God was already doing something, and he invited them to be involved in what he was already doing. Now, they had their own wills, right? They could have said yes to what God wanted to do, and they could have said no to what God wanted to do. They had the freedom to do that, but instead, they just accepted the invitation and they went where the Lord was going, and they did what, and they participated in what the Lord was already doing. So I guess you could say at the same time is that evangelism doesn't always have to work like that, right? Sharing your faith doesn't always have to work in that scenario. You know, maybe sometimes, you know, uh, you know, a five-step plan could work. You know, maybe sometimes you could step out, you know, in, in not even in faith, just in boldness and go and share your faith with somebody and you know, and like maybe we could just go do that in our own ability, and maybe it would just be just as effective because the message of the cross is that good. But the fact is here is that why, why would God employ us with the power of his Holy Spirit, give us the mind of Christ, bring us into a place where we are gifted and empowered by his Spirit to have us go off in our own ability to do this? It doesn't make any sense. We have so much stress put on us about how well we present ourselves to others and how well we present the gospel and, and, and whether or not we're honoring Jesus. And Jesus is just saying, listen, I'm at work. I'm doing this right now. Okay, John chapter 6 verse 44 says this, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him on the last day. Uh, John chapter 12, uh, verse 32 says this, And I am lifted up from the earth, and I will draw all people to myself. God is already at work drawing people to himself. And this whole mission of sharing our faith is Holy Spirit-led, Holy Spirit-initiated, Holy Spirit-led, Holy Spirit-completed. So what's the next part is, which I'm probably you're probably thinking is, what's our role? What do we do? This is happening. How do we participate? What does that look like? What five-step plan do I need to do so that I could share God's, you know, um, I, I could invite people to share and take part in the life of Christ? Uh, I, I want to point us quickly to this verse. And since we just looked at a narrative about Paul, why don't we find out what Paul thinks about sharing your faith? So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 18. And it says this, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled, to us, uh, reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, 
God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time I listened to you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is a favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I threw a whole bunch of words at you, but I want you to focus on something here that's very, very particular. Because a lot of what we've already discussed is here. God is reconciling the world through Christ to himself. He's doing that process. That is something that he's in the, in, in a, he's doing. But then we also find out that he's entrusted to us the message of reconciliation. And we are ambassadors for Christ. When I used to hear that as a youth in youth group, I used to get stressed out. And in my youth group, I grew up in a, in a tradition where, you know, telling people about Jesus was like a big deal. And if you did really well at it, that you'll get a really good crown. Like actually like a gold crown, they'll give it to you at the end of the year. I'm just joking, they didn't do that. But no, like it was a really big deal. And I felt like if I didn't share my faith with people at school, then I, I, might, I, I might lose the salvation that I have. I, I might not be able to keep mine. I have to be able to give it away so I can keep it which obviously to you sounds ridiculous, and it was ridiculous. But I did believe that, and I felt so much pressure about that. But the rest of the verse is very important. God making his appeal through us. So therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, through you. It's not about your ability to be an ambassador. God wants to invite other people to take part in his life through you. In other words, you are the invitation. You're the envelope. You're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit abides within you. Wherever you go tomorrow, whether you go back to work, you go back to school, maybe you're serving at home with your kids, maybe you're going to the grocery store, everywhere you go, a continuous going, everywhere you go, God is making his appeal through you. It's not about your ability. It's about us being able to say yes or no to this truth. Do I want to appeal to others through Christ? Well, of course I do. Why do I want to? Because it's natural to me. It's part of my nature. It's his life. It's Christ's life in me. That is my natural Existence, that's the, that's the essence of my existence. And so if Christ is about his mission, about sharing his life with the world, if he is about nobody should perish, if that's what he's about, well, then so am I. That's natural to you. It's not something you have to resist. It's something that is alive and well to come out and to be expressed. So I love what Paul says. He says, I implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And that was the only command. Accept this work that's been done in you. I implore you, basically, is what he's saying, to be yourself. 
I implore you to be who you are, to be accepted, to be accepted by God, and to accept what is before you, the opportunities that you have before you, to, uh, to present, uh, actually to allow Christ to present himself and invite others to himself through you. Because you are not your feelings, okay? Which is usually some of the reasons why we don't share our faith. You are not your feelings, okay? So you might feel anxious about it. You might feel nervous. You might feel like I'm not qualified to share. You might feel like I don't know everything about old earth versus new earth. I might not know everything about theology. I didn't go to Bible college, so I'm not qualified. But you are not your feelings, and you are not your performance, and you are not your past. Maybe you're here thinking, I am not good enough to share my faith with others because they don't know the person that I was before. And if they knew the person that I was before, then that would disqualify my message and my example. I haven't used this word yet, but my witness. Can't talk about evangelism without throwing that out, right? Okay? You're, you're, you're not your past. You've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And he became your sin. Even the things that you trip over and things that you do wrong in the present, Christ became your sin on the cross. And it's died and it's past and it's gone. And now you have a new, beautiful, wonderful, acceptable being. You are the righteousness of God. You are fully accepted by God. And so we don't need to settle for what we think we can or cannot do. It's Christ through you that is the invitation, that is the opportunity to inspire others. So I want us to ask this question again, because we're running a little bit out of time. So I just want to ask this question again. Let's see if anything's changed. How do we, based on what we've, what we've been learning, how do we properly, um, properly evangelize? Anybody have any new thoughts? Be with people and be ourselves. Yeah. Absolutely. with everything that I am. Yeah. I need to trust him. Because um, I find trust difficult right now. Totally. Especially with family. Uh, feel left out in a sense. But I have tried to evangelize my parents. Didn't work mm -hmm. when I was new in the Lord. And now what I've been hearing, like if waiting on the Lord too, and even just spending time with him alone to find out, okay, God, what are you saying yeah. uh, today, uh, tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. and that you've got this, Absolutely. especially where I live. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, anybody else? Yeah. I think the message I'm getting from this is that it's not something that we try or we think about how we're going to do it. We just let the Holy Spirit lead us. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about. It's God doing it through us, through the Holy Spirit. I love it. So, Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, in the past, I've often strayed or gone away from saying anything to people because I felt like, well, what do I have to offer or anything like that? But I felt like God has said recently to me that I have Jesus, and that's all. That's that's the best thing. That's all I really need. And um, so I, I can just trust that when I go into any situation with family or friends that he's going to be with me and help me and speak through me. So. Oh, absolutely. Love that. Anybody else? You have one more? All right. It's just funny because uh, sometimes I don't, you don't know what to say, and then saying, okay, God, at a moment, say the moment is difficult. I don't know what to say. And the Lord says, just be yourself. Let me... And I've even on the street, like, uh, I see people on the street and I don't know what to do. And then the Lord's like taps, almost like a tap, it's his cat, just, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so I've sometimes I bought them food. Sometimes I'll give them uh, a dollar or something in their, if they're busking outside. Um, yeah, it's just being ready, I think. Yeah. Ready while you're on the go. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And, and I want to go back to even, because we've mentioned family a few times, right? Like, sometimes a family is super, super challenging because you might be the only one who's of faith in your family this Christmas. That's a tough situation to be in. You probably feel it from the other side that people are trying to evangelize you to, you know, come back and, well, be dead again. This is what it looks like. You're not the normal one, so you need to come back and shape up. And sometimes in those moments, we could feel so much stress to say, okay, I have to come ready with a response. I have to be able to instruct them on why they're wrong or, or something like that. And in those moments, even in my own experience, in those moments, it, all you really reap is stress. Stress and anxiety and sweat, nervous sweats, okay? Turkey sweats, if it's Christmas time. And it's just like all this anxiety about it, rather than, here's a beautiful thing, things, you are a believer, and things aren't going right in your life. But everybody who's not a believer in your family, or around you, or your co-workers, everything seems to be going well. Their kids are doing well, they're, um, uh, you know, like they're, they're getting promotions at work, and, 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 and they're, they're well, but you're sick in body. But here you are, the believer. You're the one who follows Jesus. You're the one there. And it's like, well, in my life, I don't have much to show for it. But I have the fruits of the Spirit. Not the fruits of Robin, not the fruits of Jim, not the fruits of Sheila. You have the fruits of the Spirit. And so even in your darkest moments, you have joy unspeakable. You have relentless peace. You have overwhelming gentleness when people are expecting you and your situation to be everything other than that. Well, let me tell you, what speaks louder? How much you know about the Bible? Your theology? No. I doubt that. And you've seen it in other people's lives too, where they're able to endure all kinds of things. And what's shining through? The life of Christ the eternal, most beautiful, the most unblemished gift that mankind can receive. So can we receive that this morning? That 
without a doubt, we have the boldness of the Holy Spirit, but we also have the presence of the Holy Spirit with us. The invitation is us as we go out and we go and we go and we go and we go and we let him live his light and his beauty through us. Right? A little bit over time, so I'm going to pray. Um, uh, before I do that, uh, this conversation doesn't have to end. Um, if you have some more questions about what we've been talking about or, what, or maybe what our position is, maybe even as a congregation on, on this subject matter, uh, feel free to pursue myself uh, or Greg or, or Josh <clears throat> or Ross. Maybe you want to think about Ross, okay? So you can pursue any of us, and we open to talk about that. But don't let a conversation stop here either. When we go out and you have some coffee, maybe you want to continue to kind of flush this out with each other. Um, but let me just pray a blessing on you, and let's go. Um, so, Jesus, I just, I just love that it's, it's in your word. Like, there's, there's nothing here. There's nothing fancy. There's no five-step plan. Uh, you, you have revealed yourself to us, and you've done it efficiently and effectively. And we say yes to your invitation. But I pray that in every way that the, the, the flesh or the enemy would want us to say no to your invitation to share your, uh, this life that we have with others, that you would empower us through the power of your spirit to say no to those voices and to follow you instead. Uh, fill us with your peace. Protect us this Christmas season. Um, and give us eyes to see that you are our hope, that those who are looking to us for hope would be able to see that we're focused on you. Praise right now in Jesus' name. Amen.